In our last episode, we talked about how lots of common pain medications can have a negative impact on your gut health. We talked about what your gut is, what your microbiome is, where it starts, how it can get messed up. In this episode, we're going to flip to the positive side and we're going to look at how do you improve your gut health and microbiome and how can you optimize your health naturally. So let's get into it. What's up, my friend? Welcome to the CBD and You podcast. And yes, you means you. And I believe you are here for a reason. I'm Lori, a Christian, a wife, a mama, and a midwife. And to put a little icing on the cake, my husband and I own a hemp farm in Tennessee. Girlfriend, I see it in your eyes and I feel it in the messages you send me. You are tired of waking up every day exhausted with aches and pains that you really thought you were too young for. And with all the stress and anxiety of the day, you're over it. Are you starting to wonder if this is really all life is? I hear you and you are not alone. God did not design us to just survive. He designed us to thrive. So if you're ready to embrace this beautiful life God has given you by discovering some of his best gifts for his children, rewarm that coffee you forgot about in the microwave. And let's take a minute to pour back into you with a quick chat and some me time. Let's go. Okay, I hope you guys are excited. I know last week we kind of went into all the negatives of how medications can basically make you sick, kill your health, just undermine all the things that you're trying to do to make yourself healthier. So today, I want to go the other side. I want to give you 10 ways to optimize your gut health and thus your whole body's health and wellness. So let's start with the basics. You know me, I like to make sure that you got the groundwork so you fully understand what I'm talking about. Let's talk about what are probiotics. Basically, probiotics are good bacteria. They are the good ones, the good bacteria that live in our gut microbiome. They play a vital role in our health, in our digestion, and especially in our immune system. As we talked about last week, an imbalance can lead to a laundry list of problems. (laughs) Oops, I mentioned laundry. Stay focused. Don't go to the laundry room. Stick with me. Or at least if you do go to the laundry room, just take your phone with you and keep listening, okay? So anyway, an imbalance can lead to a lot of problems. Possible benefits of adding probiotics are a better functioning immune system. It can actually help with weight management because it helps with your digestion, helping to make it more efficient. You can have less sickness. If your immune system is working better, obviously you're not gonna get sick as much. Increased energy because you're being able to put those nutrients to better use more efficiently. Healthier skin, can you believe that? And even improved inflammatory bowel syndrome symptoms or leaky gut symptoms, which can really make you miserable, okay? So what I wanna talk about today is some natural foods and sources of these probiotics. Yes, you can buy them in pill forms, but I usually recommend, if at all possible, to avoid the pill variety, and here's why. You don't really know how the probiotics in these pills was processed, how it was made. It was it heated. What kind of capsule is it in or is it a tablet? All of these things impact the way that your body is going to be able to digest the microbes inside of the pill. Okay, so I tend to believe and I believe that research supports the fact that anything you can get from real food sources or natural sources is going to be processed better by your body because your body knows what to do with it. It's in its natural form. 
and it requires less work for your body to break it down. Just makes sense, huh? So let's dive in to 10 ways you can optimize your gut health naturally, okay? The first one, you've probably heard because it's kind of a hip thing right now, is called kombucha. Kombucha, K-O-M-B-U-C-H-A. You might have seen it at the store, but guess what? Kombucha is very easy to make at home. I actually thought that I didn't like kombucha. Then I happened to be at someone's house one day who made their own and they let me sample theirs and it was so good. And so I started making my own too. It just tastes better. So how do you make kombucha? Well, kombucha is made from something called a SCOBY, S-C-O-B-Y. So SCOBY stands for Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. And it kind of looks a little bit like a jellyfish. So what you do is you make a strong black tea, preferably organic, and then you sweeten it. And once it's cooled down, you add this sweetened tea to the SCOBY, and it sits for about seven days, and it ferments with this, these good bacteria and yeast. After about a week, you can either stop there and drink it as is. We actually kind of prefer it that way. But we've also done it a few times where we do a second ferment where you add flavoring of some sort. So one of the favorite things that I like to add to it is crushed up peppermint. You put the peppermint in for the second ferment and it gives it just a nice fresh minty flavor. My kids have kind of decided they like it better after just the first ferment. So I've stopped adding the flavors, but you can do what you want. How do you get a SCOBY? Well, if you know me, I can get you one because the thing about scobies is they grow and they grow and they grow every time you make another batch of kombucha and so eventually you need to split it and give it to people and so if you know me and you want to try to make kombucha let me know otherwise you can get on some natural facebook groups around you and see if you can find somebody in your area that makes their own kombucha or there are ways to make your own and you can search the interwebs for that and there's all kinds of different recipes and ways to do it that you'll find on there i've never made my own so i'm not going to get into that there's plenty of places where you can get those resources okay so that's kombucha so the next one is called kefir you've probably also heard of kefir So most people are most familiar with the kefir that's in the milk section or in the dairy section at the grocery store. It's kind of yogurt-ish, but not exactly. I actually don't prefer that kind. Some people do. If you do, that's great. It's going to have lots of good probiotics in it. The type type that I make is called water kefir, although that's kind of a misnomer because we don't put it in water. When I was at a class at Breadbeckers in Woodstock, Georgia, about five years ago, I bought the culture that I'm still using to this day to make our kefir. You take it and you add it to a bottle of either organic apple juice or organic white grape juice, if you can find that, and you let it sit a day or so at room temperature, and then you put it in your refrigerator. This variety of probiotics, you do have to burp, meaning you have to unscrew the lid every now and then because it will build up the gases inside of it from the fermentation. My kids really like kefir. It kind of tastes like sparkling grape juice to me or sparkling apple juice. So if that gives you kind of an idea of the flavor profile, but this is another variety of probiotic. And this is one of the few varieties of probiotic you can take that will recolonize your gut, especially after being maybe on a course of antibiotics for a sickness. The third way to optimize your health related to the milk kefir I mentioned before is of course yogurt. Very common. You've probably had yogurt plenty of times in your life. 
It is best if it comes from grass-fed, unpasteurized milk. And that's a whole separate topic that maybe I'll dive in another time. Um, It's just our preference is to use unpasteurized dairy. I'm going to kind of get into it a little bit on the next point as well. But yogurt is actually easy to make yourself, especially if you have a pressure cooker, because most of them have a yogurt function on them that will do most of the work for you. I actually have some culturing on my counter right now in my Instant Pot. The benefit of making your own yogurt is that you can make a whole lot of it for not very much money. Whereas if you go to the store and buy organic yogurt, you're going to pay an arm and a leg. I currently have a gallon and a half, I believe, because I've got one of the eight quart Instant Pots. So I've got a gallon and a half of milk that is culturing overnight. And that will make, obviously, a gallon and a half of yogurt. Or if I strain it in to make Greek yogurt, it'll make a little bit less. But I'll have the whey left over to use for other things. And let's see, the milk is about 10 bucks total because of where we, we get it from the Amish. Let me think. I, I did use store-bought yogurt for my culture this time. But you can also buy the culture just like powder in a powdered form. And that costs three or four bucks, I guess. So a gallon and a half of yogurt for around 14 bucks. Not bad. And that leads to the fourth natural source of probiotics, and that's raw dairy, mainly milk and cheese. Now, before you turn up your nose at what I'm about to say, realize this is yet another area of our life that has been destroyed by the conventional food industry because of fear. It was all a fear-based campaign many, many years ago. But the pasteurization process that all of our dairy in the stores, and now ultra-pasteurization, It kills all the good bacteria, which are great for your gut health. They're killed along with nutrients that are deactivated or inactivated during this process. And on top of that, it actually really impacts the taste. I actually didn't used to think I liked whole milk. I would only drink skim milk because that was the only thing I could really tolerate. Turns out I just don't like pasteurized milk. The first time I ever taste unpasteurized milk, I was like, this stuff is delicious. It tastes like sweet cream. It was so good. So that's yet another thing that I've made a big change in once I learned there's a better way. Now, would I drink unpasteurized milk from a conventional dairy where the cows are not in their natural habitat? Absolutely not. Not even a sip. However, when you get milk from cows that are living in their natural habitat where they're supposed to be, well-spaced, lots of pasture, lots of grass, all these things, it's healthy And it's what our grandparents and great-grandparents and great-great-great-great-great-grandparents survived on for many, many, many years, and they did just fine. I actually heard one doctor compare drinking one cup of pasteurized milk to drinking a cup of vegetable oil when it comes to how your body recognizes the fats in the milk. Just let that sink in. Vegetable oil. Can you imagine drinking that straight up? And that's how he compared pasteurized milk. Yuck. Now, unfortunately, the legalities vary on how you can acquire unpasteurized milk. Government doesn't think you're smart enough to make your own decisions, so in some states it's really hard to come across. Talk to folks in your area, see what you can come up with, look for natural living groups, as I mentioned before, on places like Facebook, or if you absolutely can't come up with it and you're really trying to, feel free to email me, info at aleraridgefarm.com, and I'd be glad to try to help you out, see if we can find some in your area. Number five, apple cider vinegar. And it needs to be the kind that has the mother. I know it sounds funny, but that'll be on the label if it's the right kind. If you're tough, you can drink apple cider vinegar straight up. If you can do that, you're a better lady than me. 
I can't do it. I dilute mine in water. You can also use it in salad dressings. Some people will drink it straight, but mix it with honey. My husband's 97 year old grandfather drinks apple cider vinegar every day with honey. He swears by it, says it helps him not to be in pain. And this man fell off a roof once upon a time and is still walking around to tell about it. So take that for what it's worth. Number six is sauerkraut. You've probably heard of that. I'm sure you have. It's a very famous thing in Germany. They eat a lot of it. We don't eat as much of it here in America, but it's super easy to make at home if you have a fermentation crock, or even you can kind of make it work with other jars and things like that. You just need cabbage and salt. That's really it. Preferably real salt, not table salt, which has been processed and stripped of all its nutrients and, and trace minerals. Um, but yeah, you just put the salt on it. It's called lactofermentation. Look it up. You'll learn lots of things about how to make that. Number seven is called kimchi. Kimchi. I'm really not exactly sure how to pronounce it because it is a Korean version of sauerkraut. And it's also one you can make for yourself. I've never made that one personally. So you'll have to do some research yourself if you want to make that one. Number eight, I think. It's hard to count to 10 and keep up with where you're at in your list, isn't it? <laughs> Number eight, organic fruits and veggies. I heard recently that one apple has millions of bacteria on its skin. Some of y'all just got grossed out by that, but I didn't because when you grow produce organically and you don't put a bunch of chemicals and sprays and all the things on it, the bacteria that are on it are good, healthy bacteria. And so apples are actually one of the best sources of probiotics on the market. Anything that grows is going to have naturally occurring microbes that are good for your health. Grow them yourself organically for the most benefits. If you can't do that or you live in a place that you can't do that, find a local farmer who grows organically and buy from them. And then that way you're supporting them and you're supporting your health. Number nine, again, I touched on this before. Don't go the pill route if you can help it. It's hard for your body to digest. The real thing is always better and your body will be able to use it more efficiently. And then finally, number 10, hear me out, CBD. Now CBD is not a probiotic itself, obviously, but evidence is showing that it works with probiotics to promote balance in the gut. It seems to increase the number of the beneficial microbes in your gut. And that stands to reason since the extract which you use to make the CBD comes from the plant which has grown naturally. Some evidence suggests that plant-derived cannabinoids strengthen that barrier that's in the gut lining, which could improve leaky gut syndrome, which could then decrease inflammation and improve digestion. Whenever possible, I recommend you grow or make things yourself because you're going to get the best benefits that way. I mentioned that about the organic fruits and veggies a few points ago. However, hemp is a little more difficult to do for yourself. For a lot of people, it's cost prohibitive because of the licensure that's required in most states. It's hard to process. It's kind of a long situation to go through to process the extract off of the plant. So second best to growing your own is to know your grower. Just like I recommend you find a farmer for your food, you just found your farmer for your CBD. If you want to know us even better, you can go read about us at alararidgefarm.com. That's A-L-A-R-A-R-I-D-G-E-F-A-R-M.com. You can read all about me. You can read all about my husband, Andrew, and what we do here. It doesn't get any better than that. I mean, how many farms 
that grow hemp and, and that sell you their products, do you actually get to know the actual people who are doing the actual work? There's not very many of them out there. Most of the companies have bought their hemp from other places and then they're doing the processing. It's not all one operation. If you're ready to start boosting your gut health today and you don't want to pay full price, remember I've got that special going on right now and it's still very limited. There's just a few of the discounted bottles still available. You go to bit.ly slash cbdnu show, you'll get 20% off your whole cart, whatever you want to order. So for some probiotics are an acquired taste when you're trying to eat them or, or drink them in their natural form and not through pills. So I just recommend you try one thing at a time. Little by little, you'll work your way to having a healthier gut, which will lead to better health all around. Next week, we are going to start looking at the endocannabinoid system which is just a big word that refers to the God-given system we have in our bodies to use these special little molecules that grow on the hemp plant called cannabinoids. We'll keep it simple, but I want you to understand how real the system is and what it can do for you if you'll just use it. So go ahead and click subscribe now and be watching next Monday morning so you don't miss it. Hope you guys have a great week. I'll see you right back here next Monday. Whoa, wait, stop. I need your help. Before you take off, if this podcast has blessed you in any way, or if you learned something, could you take one minute and leave me a written review over on Apple Podcasts? That's the absolute best way you can thank me. I love hearing how what I've learned on my journey has helped you on yours. Remember that the word says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. CBD is one of them, but there are so many more. Cling to him and you will never go wrong. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here in a few days.